1: Well, welcome to another great Michael Savage podcast. This is a bonus podcast, and today we have a special, special show for you. Thank you so much, and keep on listening. Reparations? Are you joking? I've been paying them all my life through affirmative action, through high taxation, through the cost of policing and prisons. No. Let me be clear. I'm an immigrant son. I have never taken a nickel from a slave. My family has never profited from slavery. Black people did not build anything that my family profited from ever, despite what the leftist vermin want you to believe. They're telling you we all benefited from it? Bullcrap. Now, let's look into this reparations lie. There are some rich white families who have profited from slavery, and if people have grievances, that's who they should go to. There are corporations who may have initially profited from slavery. That's who they should go to. The King of Spain profited greatly from slavery. The Arabian kings profited greatly from slavery. Let them go to the King of Spain and the Arabian princes and take the money from them. Good luck. But I, as an American, an immigrant son, never kept a slave, never benefited from slavery. We worked our behinds off. Now, one of the biggest lies ever promulgated by the black revisionist historians is the reparation lie. It is an absolute lie to say that black slavery built America. Well, that's like saying the Chinese who were conscripted to build a railroad built California. Well, they didn't build California. They built the railroad tracks. Moreover, you never hear the Chinese screaming for reparations. When have you last heard the Chinese screaming that someone owes them something? If it is true that their antecedents were virtual slaves, building the railroads in California how is it that the Chinese of today have done so well in America two generations later you don't hear them screaming that anybody owes them anything they decided to make it on their own through hard work and brains now if you really want to get into this and have a a, a fight over this I would say I am owed reparations for what I have paid I am so sick and tired of this discussion that I'm going to fight back and encourage you to fight back I have had jobs stolen from me as a result of affirmative action where unqualified minorities were given positions I was more qualified for. I have paid and am paying criminal levels of taxation about to go up to support people who don't work and to support police and jails and God knows what else for people who don't work. I'm sick of it, are you? I can't be the only person who sees it for what it is. So I'm going to tell you right now, since the left wing is out of control and going to make race very important on a daily basis, you better get ready for that fight. Don't sit there and roll over and be afraid of them calling you names, because you've got to learn to give it back to those vermin as good as they give it to you. And let me tell you something, the balance sheet is not complete. I am owed money. I don't owe anybody anything. I've had my birthright stolen because of people who are far less qualified than me stealing jobs. How about your children not being given scholarships instead being given to minorities who can't keep up with them? I've had my pockets lifted to support people who are not as productive as I am, and I am sick of it. Now, we can go into all the details about 10 reasons for no reparations, and I will give you a summary of that. The best uh, summary was done way back in 2001 by David Horowitz. And he wrote a piece called 10 Reasons for No Reparations. And he says, number one, there is no single group clearly responsible for the crime of slavery. He said black Africans and Arabs were responsible for enslaving the ancestors of African Americans. Did you know that there were 3,000 black slave owners in the antebellum United States? 3,000 blacks who owned slaves. Are reparations to be paid by their descendants too? Or should they also receive money for reparations based on their skin color? The other points David makes are there is no one group that benefited exclusively from its fruits. Only a tiny minority of white Americans have owned own slaves and others gave their lives to free them. Did you know that there are 350,000 Union soldiers who died to free the slaves? Do you know what happened to the families of the white men and white sons who died? What possible principle is there to force the descendants of those who died to free the slaves to pay this kind of shakedown? America today is a multi-ethnic nation, and most Americans have no connection directly or indirectly to slavery. None. What are you going to do with all of the new immigrants that have come here? Should we require Vietnamese boat people, Russians, Iranians, Armenian victims of the the, uh, Armenian Holocaust? Mexicans, Greeks, Polish, Hungarian, Cambodian, Korean victims of communism to pay reparations to American blacks? You think so, huh? This claim is based on race, not injury. It's a shakedown. And the reparations argument is being built on the unfounded claim that all African-American descendants of slaves still suffer from the economic consequences of slavery and discrimination. Tell that to Oprah Winfrey. And by the way, here's an interesting... point for you to think about West Indian blacks in America are also descended from slaves but their average incomes are equivalent to the average incomes of whites and nearly 25 percent higher than the average incomes of American-born blacks it's embarrassing to tell you this but how is it that slavery affected one large group of descendants but not the other how can a government be expected to decide this issue that is so incredibly complex huh The reparations claim, according to David Horowitz, is one more attempt to turn African-Americans into victims. And by the way, it damages that community more than it does any other. And number eight on the list, there are 10 such statements. Reparations to African-Americans have already been paid through the passage of the Civil Rights Act, the Great Society, trillions of dollars transferred to African-Americans in the form of... Racial preferences in contracts, educational admissions, job placements. And it's all under the so-called rationale of redressing historical racial grievances. Well, now they said that further reparations are necessary like they've never been made. In order to achieve a healing between African Americans and other Americans, there will never be a healing if this keeps up. It's liable to trigger a civil war. There is going to be no healing unless they decide to stop shaking people down. Number nine on Horowitz's list is this. What about the debt that blacks owe to America? He says slavery existed for thousands of years before the Atlantic slave trade was born and in all societies. Think of Egypt. Think of the Jews in Egypt as slaves building the pyramids. But in the thousand years of its existence, there was never an anti-slavery movement until white Christians created one. And if it was not for the anti-slavery attitudes and military power of white Englishmen and Americans, the slave trade would probably not have been ended. And if not for the sacrifices of white soldiers, and a white American president who gave his life to sign the Emancipation Proclamation, his name is Lincoln, uh, the same Lincoln whose statues are being knocked over across America by the leftist vermin. If it was not for the white soldiers and Lincoln, blacks in America would still be slaves. If it was not for the dedication of Americans of all ethnic backgrounds and colors to this society based on the principle that all men are created equal with equal opportunities, blacks in America would not be enjoying the highest standard of living of blacks anywhere in the world. In fact, one of the highest standards of living of any people in the world. Black people in America enjoy the greatest freedoms in this country, just like everybody else. And they are the most thoroughly protected of all people in this country right now. Where is the gratitude of black America and its leaders for these gifts? I don't hear it. Now this separatist idea of reparations is gonna turn this nation against African Americans and turn African Americans against the nation. This will not be good for this nation. So let's ask ourselves where this all started and where it goes. We're going to take a pause now, and I'm going to look into this in great detail. We're going to look at where this all started, because we are on the precipice of an abyss. We are staring into a self-made oblivion, where everything that has previously defined the greatest nation in human history is being erased. I covered that in my other podcast. This was the one that I did just the other day on cancel politics. And I'm going to say to you, rather than fighting with our last breath to stop this leftist assault upon this nation, most of us are running headlong into the chasm. We are like lemmings, stampeding over a cliff so as not to be called the dreaded word racist. And once this ends, it will not end well. Unless we stop the reparations racketeers, we will be reliving the nightmare So many populations have lived before us, all promised a utopia free from the oppression of capitalism and the nuclear family. The Savage Nation, it's savage on demand.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/system.
1: So how did we get here? I've actually traced this for you. It's no mystery. There are some prominent faces pushing this right now. Bernie Sanders being the worst and most polluted human being in the history of American politics. He poisoned an entire generation, including occasional cortex. But Sanders didn't start it. It started with radical feminists, the free love movement, the rise of the radical left in the 1960s. We thought it was going to be fun and love and sex. Many others stood by and dismissed it as a fringe movement. Many comforted themselves with the idea that we still had law and order to put them down. Then in the 1990s, we elected one of those left-wing radicals, President Bill Clinton. America saw what he did, and in 1994, they elected a conservative Republican Congress to counter the communist in disguise for the moment, right? But all the while, the subversion taking place in higher education, on TV, in the movies, and in the news went on and on. But still, we looked away because we were a nation of law and order and love of country. We all came together briefly as a nation and as a society after 9 11. But soon thereafter, the subversion resumed in the same stealth fashion. We then elected the first black president named Obama, even though we could all see, those of us who could see with clear eyes, that Obama was a naked communist. He had been mentored by the noted communist Frank Marshall Davis as a young man. Obama attended a church steeped in black liberation theology. And the hatred of America. He befriended a known anti American radical terrorist named Bill Ayers. Obama divided the nation racially, allowed states and cities to ignore immigration laws, and had his attorney general conduct a war on police. We looked away because we still believed law and order in our Constitution would protect us. Meanwhile, the subversion lurking just beneath the surface was about to explode like a volcano. Then we elected Donald Trump, a man who loved this country, loved the flag, loved law and order, respected our borders, and was committed to draining the swamp. That's when all the elements of subversion that have been put into place erupted in a gusher of resistance. Masked radicals and anarchists shut down conservative speakers on college campuses. They broke windows and burned buildings with impunity. Mayors and governors openly flouted our borders as they are doing again creating so-called sanctuary cities and states. Religion was openly mocked and rejected. The FBI and CIA colluded to stop the Trump administration from functioning, concocting a phony number of scandals that carried on for three years, disabling his efforts to move forward his agenda, which is our agenda, the American agenda. And what's happening now? Now these subversives under Biden have emerged in full force using the death of a black man as their shield. They made a seamless move from climate hysteria to racial hysteria based on the myth of racial injustice 155 years after the end of the Civil War and a half century after the 1964 Civil Rights Act. These left-wing fascists are tearing down this nation, burning down or taking over parts of major American cities, viciously beating people because of the color of their skin. God help you if you do not kneel to them or say the exact right words in the workplace because they will make sure you lose your job and any ability to support your family. Like Mao Tung's Red Guards, they seek to destroy statues and other physical evidence of America's previous history. But what statues will they erect in this newfound utopia? Those of Karl Marx, Nelson Mandela? Will every statue be an MLK statue? If American culture is to be erased, what will they replace it with? African culture? Mesoamerican culture? Let me remind you that all of these cultures also held slaves. Yes, Africans kept slaves. Central Americans kept slaves. And in fact, in Central America, the Aztecs slaughtered other Central Americans, sacrificing them to their gods and the pyramids. And yet today... You are being sacrificed to the gods of the left, forced to sit on company conference calls discussing what white people can do to apologize for and make up for their so-called privilege. Governor Cuomo telling us what a wonderful thing it is that these statues are being torn down when they were being torn down. A Michigan mayor resigned amid criticism for saying she'd be crucified if she didn't vote to reappoint a black city official. Police chiefs resigning after officers shoot people even in self-defense, even after they themselves are shot. The word chief is being considered for removal from titles like police chief and fire chief in some cities. So let me tell you this. What began in this nation as a legitimate protest against the murder of a black man by a deranged homicidal officer who was shackled on the ground and crying for his mother, this has now morphed into a full-blown Marxist revolutionary action. Black Lives Matter is a well-known Marxist front group. They even admit it. The founders even admit it. They are just one of many of the snakes that have undermined the nation and threatened to turn us into Venezuela or worse. In a previous book, I listed all the left-wing groups that are complicit in this long march toward Marxism. Antifa and BLM are the military wings of this long list of supposedly peaceful progressive organizations. The silent ones, the lawyers, the cowards include media matters the aclu and a host of other subversive groups who are bent on destroying this nation as a land of freedom and opportunity and replacing it with their radical socialist vision Recently black lives matter marched into beverly hills recently chanting eat the rich and abolish capitalism now And what was the national media reaction? There was none if conservatives march or rally in support of the right to bear arms or simply the right to go out and earn a living, they are immediately demonized by the vermin in the media as racists and white supremacists based on some tiny minority carrying Confederate flags or the banned paraphernalia. But leftists chanting the slogans of regimes that killed hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions killed under communism, orders of magnitude more than the total number of slaves who ever lived in America, what happens then? What little coverage there was by local media of the overtly Marxist rally criticizing the police for arresting 28 of the protesters protesters at a recent demonstration. The destroying of statues and other historical landmarks by Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and other left-wing groups is no exception. The French revolutionaries sought to erase all French history preceding the revolution. They instituted a new calendar and proclaimed 1792 year one. The Khmer Rouge in Cambodia similarly designated 1975 to be year zero. That was part of my inspiration for my previous New York Times bestselling book, Government Zero. What happened during the early years of the communist or Bolshevik revolution in Russia? Well, statues of the Romanovs were destroyed, followed by the Romanovs themselves, who were all killed, including their, their children. Never forget that those who would pull down a statue will eventually pull down the people. I hope Jeff Bezos is getting the message. He better start fighting on the right side. The playbook never changes for these enemies of civilization. First, it's erase the past, then it's eat the rich, meaning seize all their property killing anyone who resists and then it's absolute rule by a few wealthy party elites and subjugation poverty and slavery for everyone else do you think it can't happen here on the biden look around it is happening here right before your eyes and that brings me right back to the topic of today's podcast what is that topic reparations never we have seen this arc beginning with the French Revolution, go all the way to the American leftist revolution and how it has morphed from climate hysteria to racial hysteria. In order to beat them, we must fight them. And that means stand up in the workplace and threaten to sue them if they try to tell you that you are evil or you owe them reparations. Michael Savage, a host like no other. So here we are continuing our discussion about so-called reparations, which is nothing but a crime against humanity. It continues really from critical race theory, another crime against humanity. So what more do I have to say about it that you don't already know? Well, the UN, of course, chimed in and said the U.S. owes reparations to African-Americans. Would you expect anything else from the United Nations? Why don't they pay it? The U.N. working group of experts on people of African descent said the compensation is necessary to combat the disadvantages caused by 245 years of legally allowing the sale of people based on the color of their skin. Let me say again, and I'll say it again and again and again. Slavery has been going on since the beginning of time. It still goes on around the world, and the U.N. has nothing to say about it anywhere else except in the United States. How many white men died to free the slaves in the Civil War? How many white families are owed reparations for having freed them? Here's another one you have to know about. This is current. White farmers blast $5 billion promise to minority farm owners in Biden's relief bill, calling it discrimination and racism, with Senator Lindsey Graham calling it a form of reparations. I don't know if you understand what's going on under Biden, but this is becoming a nightmare for most Americans. White farmers are being excluded from a bailout package to so-called minority farmers. It was written into the $1.9 trillion COVID relief package, and it's clearly discrimination against white farmers. The bill provides $4 billion in direct payments to farmers of color. That's a joke. Farmers of color. The other $1 billion provides grants and loans to improve land access for so-called minorities. Now, white farmers outnumber minority farmers in the U.S. more than 13 times. Yet, minority farmers are receiving 50% of the $10 billion total aid offered to farmers of all races in the relief bill. Let me explain what happens if this is not stopped. There was a country called Rhodesia. The native Africans kicked the whites off the land took over the land renamed the country Zimbabwe, when it was Rhodesia and the land was uh, cultivated and tilled by white farmers, uh, Rhodesia was a net exporting nation of food. They exported excess farm goods. When Africans took over Rhodesia and named it Zimbabwe, the farming productivity dropped into the toilet bowl. And Zimbabwe eventually became a beggar on the world stage, having to beg for food. If Biden keeps this up with the leftists, we'll be begging for food in America. Now, I have some sound bites for you as well. Here's Obama in 2021 saying reparations are justified, but white resistance made it counterproductive to his support as
2: president. So if you ask me, theoretically, are reparations justified? The answer is yes. There's not much question, right? That the wealth of this country, the power of this country was built in significant part, not exclusively, maybe not even the majority of it, but a large portion of it was built on the backs of slaves. What I saw during my presidency was that the politics of white resistance and resentment the talk of welfare queens and the talk of the undeserving poor and the backlash against affirmative action all that made the prospect of actually proposing any kind of coherent meaningful reparations program struck me as politically not only A non-starter, but potentially counterproductive. Now, he's such a con
1: man, half white, half black. Here's a guy who is a welfare queen himself. Here's a guy who cashed out on the presidency and did a $100 million Netflix deal, making believe he's an oppressed minority. How does he get away with it? All you're going to do is look at Wolf Blitzer and George Stephanopoulos, and you have your answer. Stevie Wonder. Multimillionaire saying, I know Joe Biden will give us reparations.
3: I hear that someone wants to give black Americans or African-American people a holiday. They want to make supposedly Juneteenth the holiday. OK, I'll tell you what you can do better than that. And I know Joe Biden will do it. Give us reparations.
1: Are you listening to this? Danny Glover, our hater. I never knew this was in him. Whenever I see Danny Glover in a movie now, I click right off. Danny Glover and Democrats last year said we can't wait longer for slavery reparations. Listen to this one. It's horrible.
3: When we cannot tell ourselves the truth about the past, we become trapped in it. This country has been trapped in its past for 400 years, over 400 years. It's now time. We can't wait because now the time, now is the moment. As we look at the issues around... African descendants here and we they mirror the issues around African descendants in the rest of the hemisphere, whether in the Caribbean or whether in Latin America, they were the same issues. What are the political projects that we're going to institute? What are the political projects that we're going to introduce that are going to allow us to begin the long march to remedy these issues that are the result of 400 years of slavery of Jim Crow? of 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 all the kinds of ways of discrimination that african-americans have experienced a blm chicago leader
1: ariel atkins defends looting saying that that is reparations and businesses have insurance
0: if somebody decides to loot a gucci or a macy's or a nike because that makes sure that that person eats that makes sure that that person has clothes that's reparations that is reparations Anything they want to take, take it, because these businesses have insurance. They're going to get their money back. My people aren't getting anything.
1: Are you listening to that one? Now, Sheila Jackson Lee has been a vile character for many years. a hater, a racist, the, the worst. Here she is saying that it's America's responsibility to pay her debt for slavery.
3: To the question of those who ask, I did not have slaves. My family did not have slaves. This... 13-member commission established by the federal government answers the question that is not the individual act of holding slaves. It is the government's sanction that denied African Americans their equality and as well the government's responsibility with this 13-member commission to design the responses to the continued death, murder, and inequities in our community. This is America's responsibility to pay the American government's responsibility to pay her debt.
1: Unbelievable how these gangsters get away with it. Here is this one Congresswoman Talab, this Palestinian American, saying most of her constituents want direct payment as reparations.
0: I support any opportunity for restorative justice and that can come up all above. Uh, in some instances, but I think there's a, a serious conversation happening in committee and I th- hope continues to happen regarding reparations. But I guess it should be determined by all of us. And I can tell you at home, it is direct payment that people want to see, but also increase access to higher education, to real equitable funding and education systems right now across the country.
1: Of course they want it. Would you give it? Finally, I have for you a montage from MSNBC. Of Democrat candidates in 2020 backing reparations at their National Action Network conference. That's a conference run by none other than Al Sharpton. The biggest race hustler in the history of America next to Jesse Jackson, in my humble opinion.
2: Congress should convene a study on the best way to provide reparations. If
3: you elected president, would you sign that bill if it came across your desk?
0: When I am elected president, I will sign it. (laughs) The issue of reparations this is a conversation that is long overdue so I want to let you know where I stand I firmly support Congresswoman Jackson Lee's bill to create a commission to study reparations if
3: you are elected president and such a bill was passed Would you sign the bill for reparations?
2: Yes, I would. I already support that bill. Go HR force.
1: Of course they want reparations. And if you're stupid enough to let it happen, then they deserve to get what they got and you deserve to go broke and wind up in the gutter. That's all I have to say about this at this time. I'm Michael Savage. I hope you've enjoyed my monologue. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it.